Hey there everybody, this is Tavo DRC. Here we are experiencing life and life more abundantly due to Christ and Him giving us strength to survive what has gone on before. I might have got a little more um, issues, you know, a little need to work on the getting back on the regimen, but it has been powerfully wow. I don't know if there's retaliation, you know, spiritual things going on and drama. Just because we got a breakthrough on, real breakthrough, it's good. So I've worked out today, I've gone to back to the gym, I had some car issues, really what it is, but we're here where it's good and peaceful, joyful. I'm really changing that, I'm really challenging accepting doctrine, spiritual doctrine that could be really convincing, accepted, embedded, entrenched in legalism, the law, and also overcoming the whelp, Western European Levitical Patriarchism, which is a silent, shy doctrine of control, even witchcraft. I'm not calling these people witches. I'm not, I'm not practicing it. But witchcraft is not just spooky. It can be, it is silent, but it has anything to do with using false authority. It's really about false authority. So if you read somebody, let's say this, my pet peeve of the last 15, 14 years, starting with, I guess, really before in Virginia a little bit, but that was the minor flare-up when those doctrines moved in from another part of the country to central Virginia. I'd never been raised around it. I was called to ministry. I'd have been, my father was a pastor, raised around ministry, in ministry, had people, board members, had all these things, and met urban, suburban pastors, had my own ministry. None of that. None of the seer, scanning, spying, suspecting, labeling, talking against, praying against. That was something I'd never would have ever dreamed, you know, as a Christian. These were never dark-skinned black people. I dealt with a lot of black people. Tan people. I was overseer at one point in Virginia when I had a more presence before Dallas. I had I was the overseer, asked to be the overseer of a Vietnamese revival church for a year and a half. Another pastor and I took turns after the pastor died and his wife, the widow, uh, would like and they needed somebody to take the church so she and her daughter could move to another part of the country. So we've been around and I've gotten you know, I've gotten favor, joy, fellowship, friendship from just being a servant of God without any leadership issues or even psychic warfare. I guess that's it. Psychic warfare. It made me instead, because I'm a prophet, you know, I'm a prophet. So when you're just sitting there and you're on assignment, you know, from the beginning, when I was 24, God had told me, Right after the Jesus movement, when the charismatic movement, all the Holy Spirit movements were there, just the start of praise and worship, no big worship, but just the Jesus people, you know, after Billy Graham time, he said, I want you to study the body of Christ. And I want you to study their doctrine, know their pet peeves, their lifestyle, be males and females, black and white, spirit-filled or not. And one day, said the Lord, I want you to build bridges of understanding in the community, but, you know, to help people get along, and that's then, and this is now, this is the reason. But I had never been around, <laughs> and I'm teaching this for a future church, so there will be one. 
so we can have a semblance of some kind of church without human added synthetic additives and control power plays position seeking all that organic let's look for organic whether you never go to church you never have you want to know the lord you're looking for it start studying your bible get your app and your online all right we want to start this up again and have it building from what we have in the past the you know the fathers and the mothers of former parts of the faith that are true black white and brown Pentecost and not nobody has to agree with everything we're going to try to get a common doctrine not compromise not PC but not bashing not making TMZ videos and reviling people which is just you know plain old ornery it's you know I've been writing and teaching about that because it's such a big deal people are just making money and it's just such a hateful representation so I googled and I purposely googled AI chat GBT AI to say what would Je did Jesus do that did he single out false prophets by name did Paul single out people and name them did they did Jesus or Paul revile sinners in public and accuse them so I wanted to know if I was wrong I never saw that I never heard that except for you know false teaching I never, so I, I really wrote on purpose, and it's up on TavoLeader.com, many others, PurePropheticPrinciples.com, OnlineFellowship.us, all the different ones, to say, am I wrong? Is it really right to zero in on people, call them out, mock them, mock the, you know, gifts of the Holy Spirit, show their houses, if you disagree? Because that's what goes on. So I've written and Tavo Leader from April 7th on, there are five different TMZ articles, two with the AI most recently. And I said, AI, I just asked to be objective, can you tell me please, did Jesus Christ and or Paul ever revile and accuse people by name, sinners? One article is about just sinners, chief sinners. Did he see somebody? Did they see somebody say, I, you, you harlot, you murderer, you know, today it would be, you trans, whatever, you church hopper, they do that, church hoppers, can you believe that's old timey law, I was never, I was not raised around it, I heard that one, the church hopper, when I moved to a part that was sort of like a county, and I had people that were my oversight, and I was in ministry before that for years and raised in ministry all my life but I'd never been around that legalism so I was caught I was caught by surprise as spied from afar as out of order to submission by that false teaching that caught my attention but so because God had led me and I'm a very quiet respectful person why not just come over and ask me why be the big shot you know like <laughs> I gotta prove that we're you know the the hireling we got to prove that they're out of order. You know, that's low blow, low call, really low call ministry. But I didn't know it. I was younger. I had domestic violence, two children, my own ministry, a music practice, all the things that if they just come over and respected the person, they could have found out without all that treacherous legalism and also demonic attack 
warfare, needless warfare, and somebody already sucked, you know, going through pain at the time. And so as the Lord led me, I had people that were not like that more, but when they, you've never had anything like that, and it comes after you, and they have five or eight people that are agreeing, and see, I also, because I was normal, I also, by God's allowing me to be led by the Spirit, which I am led by the Spirit since age, you know, before 20, he allowed me to meet 30 other people that had been done the same, caught by surprise, attacked, undermined by false teaching, Levitical patriotism, same thing. I think it was the, it started around in the mid-90s when the famous moves got famous, and it got to be more TV, you know, people wanted to get to be the next worldwide person, so I've been around, but listen. It has done no help to Jesus Christ's name. In fact, it's fooled a lot of people. And that's why this dysfunction needs to be addressed. Because it's chased people away that are normal and loving. And vilified people, human people, just for not knowing that they had to accept false teaching. They were never told about it. So it made me, you know, that's why I teach a lot now. To get it out. All right, so if I realized what I saw, you know, I had to see, what, I have to be a detective. Thank goodness I was raised by my mother, by clean parents, pastors, Baptists who are not under that legalism, not accusers, not biased, not big shots, big old boy, big old girl. You know, they were like natural Billy Graham type. So because I'd never been raised around the law, I knew what respect is in the name of Christ following being born again, and I always modeled that. It was when you got famous celebrity wannabeism and the law, and maybe the old knee-jerk reaction of the nouveau reach modern society, you know, getting ahead, ambition, and, you know, getting a name. That's when it started to go down the demise. So I'd had peaceful times studying other movements. It's this one doctrine, which happens to be my major call as prophecy and apostle teaching, because I am one, I didn't know that you had to, you had to clear the doctrinal bathwaters before you could set up your work on the land. So I'm online, but I'm working to get it back on the land. The thing that's so big, in my opinion, for myself, chosen to do this, to have a body of Christ movement for ministry that's not, that's an option, a resource. You don't have to be under it, over it. You just have to say, I may need some of this at times for teaching, to identify who I am. It's a fruit thing, not a control issue. But I would never known this was needed until the last moves, like in the 80s, went showbiz in the 90s and really 2000s. I'd never been around mean ministry, mean, until the last 20 years. As it turned out, when I see who it is, I'm deterred, you know, when I see something, let me say this. I was called in 1976 when it was not like this at all. And America was not like this at all, you know, like this. So I found out that I would trigger it that I've got, I guess I have its deliverance ministry because it manifests if I walk in, I'm sitting there calmly. So when that happened, I was raised by a great mom who loved 
mysteries and she raised me when I was like five or six on Perry Mason reruns the black and white ones they're the good ones you can still see them because it developed my ability to notice how important being quiet and observing is in clues the nuances the papers the the paper trail you know or the eyebrow lifted that type of thing so I liked Perry Mason back then the the other ones that later I don't you know watch them for a long time but I realized God set me up he also set me up back in the day going to dentist appointments doctor's appointments for checkups healthy checkups in having the readers digests in there and those ones with you know some kind of magazine for children but they had short jokes in them and I realized I used to skip the articles and read the jokes and that's what you know my parents had you know fun humor the family did basically grandparents and parents so I grew up ready for Twitter and short comments by reading those old readers <laughs> it's like oh he's getting me ready so I would never have known I would never known how God has his own way of setting us up for what we'll need or he wants us to do in the future so I didn't have any bias toward charismatics but we were not charismatic Pentecostal didn't know anybody all I knew is I'd heard of you know as a Baptist preacher's daughter I'd, I'd heard of what they call back then holy rollers and we were in a little town outside of Richmond when my dad had a church field they'd been sent to the country more that you know but they were not country he was a seminary grad they were educated but it was like hey everybody's equal but I remember in the day when we moved out there in our neighborhood that you know I'm a person with imagination and and fun and I like adventures so I heard in the background of my life somewhere there were some holy rollers out there <laughs> and I went oh what does that mean <laughs> but nobody made fun nobody in fact my parents let me say about to honor my parents my parents were one amazing you don't realize what you see till later I remember my parents my mom we had a, a house in Ashland which it was Ashland back then we had a house it was a brick house and so they had a screened in porch so my mom had set up a little black and white TV a little mini TV on the porch so we could do yard work sweep the yard you know garden and stuff so I could hear the you know we could keep us entertained so mom who was a Baptist she had been Presbyterian but we were we don't really care about your title you know your your brand it's are you a real true person you know it isn't about Baptist but she you know we switch around it doesn't matter to me that's why I'm cross-body unity I guess hey I don't care just you're trustworthy so uh, mom had set up the little TV and Oral Roberts came on speaking of you know speaking in tongues and back then Oral Roberts that was foreign Oral Roberts in his day had those camp meetings and those tent revivals he'd pray for people he was a Pentecostal and when I saw that it was like wild you know country more and more Pentecostal and you know calling you know praying for people and I went wow and I started this is the teaching point I started to laugh at him I started to make fun of the Pentecostal preacher was Oral Roberts in his healing meetings and my mother, I was guess about eight years old, my mother heard me and she came right over there. She said, don't you dare 
And later, I didn't know why she said that, but I knew you don't mock other creatures from an early age. You don't. Be careful. Turned out, my mother knew. She had a holy fear of the Lord and respect. She didn't want her daughter to mistakenly blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Wow. I, I honor my mom. Thank God for godly parents and grandparents and authorities, black, white, and brown. You know, you don't, you can't control, you don't deserve whether you get a mean parent or a good parent. It's by God's grace. But both kinds, whether you have no parent, is your testimony that you need to work on or get through it or forgive them or get over it or thank God for them that you were spared crazy. And I was for a while. I had 20 years of not <laughs> dysfunction. It wasn't till later when I happened upon certain people that had been raised poorly by demonic, you know, dysfunction. I didn't know because I love them. I didn't know how bad being demeaned as a child, abused as a child, treated so horribly as a child could affect you later and hurt. A wonderful person so we have great compassion nobody's better nobody's evil nobody is our enemy it's just you got to watch out now for the fruit it's the fruit and the fruit is the issue of what I'm mentioning so strongly about soulish prayers praying against talking about God you know gossiping to make the community these are Christian I'm not talking to anybody else to the Christian to make your community so unsafe and untrustworthy so toxic even with occult in certain groups or praying against targeting not confronting but just all this weird vile stuff it's abuse why do you want to go why should you go and you know what you don't have to because of what I had never ever would have ever imagined or dreamed to experience as a first-time visitor in the deep south prophetic Pathetic, and you know, some of them are not pathetic, and some of them are. So, it could be a Catholic or Baptist or black or white, you know. But I'm letting you know I'm called, I'm sent to a speak on and be, you know, in apostolic ministry, Christian apostolic ministry of Galatians 1 1 and 2 for the body of Christ, black and white, probably more black and white because they get along with me, but <laughs> they're not so steeped in whatever this is, controlling tradition like, well. You know, so we want to get a, we want to have a community, but we have to get over the divisiveness and we have to get over the triggers and the toxic leadership and lay dysfunction. Paul says, everybody wants to hear Paul, you know, oh, Paul, yeah, we'll believe Paul, let's believe Paul. Well, they only want you to hear. <laughs> For all the for all our lives, they only want you to hear about Hebrews 10:25 if they're the fivefold ministry. You know, most of them. They want to make sure you're fellowshipping with the saints. Hebrews 10:25. See, I can talk country because I've lived around it. I can talk city. I can talk urban. I can talk suburban because I hang. I've hung with them and I enjoy them. I respect them and I like different kinds. So I can sort of. 
because I, I'm also a musician. I have a great ear. I can play things, you know, chording, and I can play things. If I hear it basically a couple of times, I can, you know, uh, music. My soul is to spare people pain and, and not hurt people with this or go to church for Jesus' sake. You know, that's what I'm saying, it to stir it up. Stir up the theology thought. That's what we're doing. So I can go around. I was thinking the other day, I've been pretty candid, but I haven't been wilder than I can be, you know, because I'm trying to be kind. But I can go back and identify with being raised in the Deep South back in the early, let's say early Word of Faith, early TV, and hearing back then it wasn't all, you know, not putting that down. Hey, listen, we're grateful. I will teach. I'm going to purposely, I'm going to purposely target teaching to defrag the accusation calling everybody who teaches faith prosperity teacher, holier than thou, self-righteous stuff. I, I was there before all this. I'm going to bring out stuff you need that helped me live till this long and feeling good about my you know, life. By God's grace, though, and great parents, Noni Johnson, my mother, and Kimball Johnson up in heaven, and grandparents, you know, and aunts, relatives that were the real deal behind the scene, you know, normal people, natural people. But I'm thinking it's the accuser and the false doctrine and the witchcraft, the real witchcraft, false authority, and occult that is abusive now. And poisoning the book of Acts Wells and poisoning ministry and the spirit of prophecy teaching. And I'm teaching it to defrag it, to redig those wells, <laughs> to unplug it, to unfurl it so it's happy and joyful again and shining. Not sorry for itself, pitiful and poor, feeling victim that you got to pray somebody they're coming to take your turf be the minister you covet and envy. It's so bad. Why? Because parenting. It's a lot of dysfunctional parenting too. And false, you know, unbalanced teaching. I think we really got the Christians, all of us, you know, me too, or nobody's been perfect. The Christians really got skewed when TV fame, famous names and, you know, Hollywood and all that, that advancement, nobody knew. That is really the power, prince and power of the air, you know. Nothing wrong with looking good and improving. But nobody knew the power, the world, the flesh, and the devil that we know now, and packaging, mesmerizing, FOMO, fear of missing out, keeping up with the Joneses, territorial turf protecting, and money, money and turf protecting would have. Back in the late 90s is when I believe it went south, started to go, really started to get demonic. Not all, but it hadn't all not. Back then, a article, came, well, I was at a meeting in Virginia, Christian meeting, and there was a Charis, Charisma magazine there lying on somebody's seat. So we had a few minutes, so I thought, I'll just flip through it, you know. I really don't want that kind of magazine. I would be careful. I don't like juicy gossip, you know. So it was on, it was lying there and I thought, well, I'll just flip through it, you know. And there at the back was a mini book advertised 
by a prophet that really had a quality book named Bob Buis, and I'd read his mini book on favor a few years before Bob Buis in 1996. And I thought, yeah, he was really good. It really helped transform me, helped me feel more confident. God really used that book. So I thought, I'll read what he's saying. So in 1996, I think it was 1996, Bob Buis had a little book. It says, A Warning to the Church in America that the spirit of entertainment is going to try to come and attack it. And if you look at what has happened since, right, celebrity, mesmerizing, People now mocking, falling out under the power, getting the video, making fun, maybe hopefully not for their sake, not, quote, failing to discern the body of correctly as two curses, be careful. Blaspheming the Holy Spirit has no sin forgiveness, be careful. And tell your young people, nobody knows this. Also, the other one is that comes in my spirit about the and I did a AI I asked the AI about that on my Tevo leader it says that AI and I about the four and five number of the series of TMZ ministry I said what about that verse where it says a per, a Christian who calls another Christian a fool a name a Texan is a fool is in danger of hell's fire. Now you get you are free to Google all this and AI this yourself and see if it's right, you know. And it said, I said, does that pertain to people going on TV or on their pulpits and attacking, name calling fellow Christians? They could be famous people that do it, non famous and basic everyday people. It said it still is the same thing. So please read those articles on TavoLeader.com from April the 7th up to the 22nd, I believe, something like that. And then we get over to the spirit of prophecy. We are trying to go backwards and pick out the hay, the wheat and the hay from the tares and the stones, you know, thorns in the flesh. <laughs> And I would not have known about it had not the, you know, the Lord led me on this journey. There was not a time where I did not know, by God's mercy, that I was loved by God and with the Lord, really. I've had weird, bad things. I've had shameful things done that were called Christians who are dysfunctional. And that's why I know how hazard haphazard it is being a quote spirit filled baby Christian born again Christian it's dangerous you got to watch every including me you know we're trying to go back and capture everybody not just me not just this you have your own thoughts you have to hear too what you feel is really God and what is really right and not right right now and read the Bible for yourself I would say go back to start it without the law which accuses the law labels and says you're the sinner it catches you you know that tone is false doctrine now so you read Matthew Mark Luke and John and you read Jesus when he was alive in ministry and leadership and see how he acted and reacted in relationships all relationships everybody and that will tell you a lot about what is true and not true in ministry, Christian ministry. Even with the woman caught in adultery. See, now that's a big one. I like this one because I like to teach all this tradition. 
misogyny deliverance. All right, he needs it. So in a, and the Lord has just taught me this. He'd bring me to it. He'd give me ideas, and then gave me, you know, the the thoughts to say inspiration. All right, so we here we have the tradition, and there's the Pharisees and the sign of a Pharisee, the traditional Pharisee. They like catching people in sin. I caught her. I caught him. I caught you. You're not. You're an out of church. You're sinning. You know, flame throwing, Bible, that type of stalking people. All right. So here we have the example of Christ sitting there, and the Pharisees come along, a bunch of men, and they throw a woman. Note it. They've got. They are LP because the LP only catches the woman, never the man. They let him go. All right. That's a sign of the LP right there. The old Torah law. So Jesus, who's not a misogynist, not an LP, raised around it, much more diverse, respects his mother and all people as equal, including women. He was not horrified. See, women, the uh, catching people, especially sexual sin, the LP get horrified and they like to trigger accusation and stone throwing and it makes them, I guess, an endorphin release or something. I don't know. So there's Jesus sitting there, and the woman is caught by the Pharisees, LP, Levitical Patriarchs of the day, and they throw her at his feet, and they say, they're watching to see if they can catch Jesus sinning. So they're wondering, because, you know, the law, the old tummy law before Christ said, if you catch somebody, if somebody's caught in adultery, male or female, you're supposed to stone them and kill them. That's the Jewish law, all right? So they knew that they were ready. They were, you know, the bloodthirst was up for them to get to kill her. Just a little old woman, you know, little woman. The man, they let go, which is LP. All right. So Jesus is there and he's in a big test. All the men that know him, all the area Pharisees are there, a cluster of men. And they say, what's Jesus going to do? Because we got proof she was caught in adultery. So Jesus, whom I love, in my opinion, he takes a moment, and that moment, I think it's like John 5, where, his, where Jesus is known to say the quote, I don't say anything, I don't do anything, unless I first hear or see the Father do it or say it. In other words, he didn't, he let God tell him how to handle it, what tone, what voice, what to say, what not to say to start out, you know, and how to deal with it. So Jesus is there writing in the sand and waiting, you know, sort of waiting on God to say, how do we handle this one, Lord? I'm out, you know, it's a pretty forceful, mean, tough crowd. So he wanted to hear God so he could, because they were out to trap him. So Jesus waits and here's what he said. There's the woman. They're all the cluster of men waiting eagerly <laughs> to throw that stone. And Jesus says this to them. He says it to the men. He says, which one of you, Pharisees, have never sinned? You be the ones that cast the, fr the first stone. It is my opinion. That is hilarious because Holy Spirit knew what that would translate over to those men. The caliber of men. All right. 
Jesus only said what the Father say, said to say, ask them, which one of you never sinned first? To me, that means to them, it could have said, which one of you never lusted for anybody? Never fornicated with anybody? Never ad had adultery, maybe even more than once with somebody? Which one of you in this big cluster of guys? They all got it. And they were, they knew they'd all done something and they melted away in the woodwork. I love that because it's so, so God on the spot to show us how to handle tough stuff. But it's also showing Jesus was not some misogynist, good old person or out to get, you know, only, you know, a Pharisee, wasn't a Pharisee. Now, if I look at the differences in LP, you know, Levitical fruit, Levitical patriarchal fruit in a ministry today, it is like to me often the vengeful, retaliatory, backbiting Saul spirit, accusing Saul spirit. And I will say that if I look at Jesus and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and see when how he acted and reacted, I don't see that on him anywhere with anybody. And I read Paul's story. He's the next biggest voice, two-thirds of the New Testament. And I see that Apostle Paul used to be an LP. He was a Levitical patriarch when he was named Saul. He had the Saul spirit, the same Saul spirit of the Old Testament Saul, King Saul, who tried to murder David, the new move of God. And that's what the Pharisees were doing with Jesus because they felt something they couldn't figure it out what was bothering them he the Savior was igniting something a move of God they didn't want anything to do with because they would lose control and they were the big bosses that is it so Jesus is always there with some kind of new thing or trying to improve us trying to get our attention and also he'll test he'll send personalities that will, could tempt us, that could test us, that could try us, and even he uses the foolish things of the world. Paul said that. Paul said in Corinthians, Jesus, you know, that God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the worldly wise. Maybe it's our theology, maybe it's our performance, maybe it's our pet style or personality, maybe it's a woman or a man or a black person or a white person. You don't know. It is God who is the revealer of secrets. Daniel 2.28. I'm teaching on Amos 3.7 to start. Reteaching the spirit of prophecy. God does nothing unless he first tells his prophets, his servants. Alright, I'm going to finish here. But you got to look at that verse, Amos 3.7. God does nothing on the earth in ministry, in your life, in your heart, in the world, unless he first tells his prophets somewhere, Asian prophets, African prophets, Hispanic prophets, American prophets, European prophets, caged prophets. Alright, so there is a need for all of us, each of us, to allow the Lord to speak to us, and there are different kinds and styles God chooses that are using, you know, move in the spirit of prophecy. Some are more elaborate, you know, some are more Hollywood, some are more flamboyant, some are more spooky, some are more natural, and we're trying to cultivate nat you know, natural people every day, not spooky, not sin conscious. 
there is a difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament prophets, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, and I'll teach on that later. But most people have this big stereotype of what it means to be in the spirit of prophecy or have a prophetic word. And I'm going to break that down. So it's not for the elite. It's user-friendly. And my, I've, had, I've taught this before a lot. I said, we're trying to, my ministry is trying to de-spookify the spirit of prophecy. De-spookify it to make it user-friendly without using anybody. Because that is big. Certain places. So there are calibers of, of people who are prophets. Some are red states. Some are no states. Some are blue states. Some are from another nation and global state. You know what I mean? We're just trying to hear God and let you hear God comfortably without anyone bossing you and praying against you because you're like some evil. You know, that is totalitarian fascism in the ministry. That turf-protecting evil eye witchcraft is totalitarian fascism objectifying trend, or is it dehumanization? It is bad because it's ego in the churches. So we're trying to call that out, calm it down, raise up Jesus, and let the everyday ordinary person and the famous prophet hear God. But it's equal. It's respectful. It's not showbiz. It's not respecter of persons. It's not celebrity. It's not for money. Not for fame. It's for the Lord. It's for the Lord. And that's what we're here for. So please, if I'm not your style, that's fine. But we're trying to hear God. That's all we're doing. Let me say this to let it be known. Because I know some of the teachings out there. Groups. Big groups. Alright. Tavo D'Arcy. Prophet Tavo. Apostle Tavo. Pastor Tavo. Founder Leader Tavo. Chancellor of the whatever this university is, you know, whatever the human person Tavo is officially, yes, sent for her mission in the female earth suit, a woman. You know, I am. With that being known, we don't want to hurt anybody. We want to take you over. <laughs> I'm teaching it from my own Galatians 1 1 and 2 means I'm not over you because of the scripture. Don't let the woman be in authority over the man. I'm here as a resource to give you my opinion and good, firm teaching and cleanse the body of Christ streams of prophecy. That's all. You don't have to do it. I don't want you to do it unless you hear God in it. And I, I'll be honest, am not going to be put, <laughs> take all your stuff either. I'm going to hear God in it or not. Why? I've had to get my theology this strong because they're that dominating, forceful, witchy, and undermining in this kind of crowd. So we're just confronting it. Hey, that's fine. So there are three kinds of commands that have to do with fellowshipping with groups, with pastors, with ministers, with going to church. And we want you to close with these so you'll know it to get them, you know, train on them, let you have hear God. Paul says, these are all Paul, mentoring. Don't forsake fellowshipping with the saints, as some have, Hebrews 10.25. That doesn't mean you have to go anywhere you're controlled. It's all about money. That it's all about, you know, false teaching. 
you go to fellowship even if you start your own you go to somebody you've never heard about you have something if you can't go anywhere it's that desperate on land go online fellowship with two or three somewhere try to get some official good teaching but listen it's that tough out there the second one is that's one go fellowship somehow please for the sake of the Lord and yourself Two, Paul writes second Timothy 3 1 through 5 even 6 Wow you better watch it and stay away withdraw don't support get out for your sake Paul says they're dysfunctional you can't trust them you don't know what in the world's going on it's not healthy so Paul says if they fit that caliber and you've done your best you've forgiven them you're not mad at them but you know they're affecting your marriage your soul your heart their character is impure they're mean get out the second would be first Paul says the third verse would be the first Timothy 6 5 fellowship friendly fire fellowship again to get out they're about money it says they talk big maybe they're really great and gifted but they limit you and they say you are not blessed unless you have money get out so we have and that's why we're here God is good my closing last statement is my Jesus you know Jesus blessed are the pure in heart this is a scripture that uh, one verse you know in the Bible Jesus saying it blessed are the pure in heart they shall see God that can go for yourself it should and go for your leaders that you let speak into your life that you sit under the prophet the pastor the apostle the teacher the trainer whomever your friends because you don't know it says blessed are the pure in heart if your heart isn't pure you will not hear God perfectly cleanly accurately and discern him correctly blessed says the Lord are the pure in heart they shall enter perceiver hear and see more plainly and clearly from the Lord that's a foundational teaching a really a Baptist can get it a Catholic can get it a Pentecostal can get it a all colors missionary Baptist vineyard blessed and Lord help us all be that way help us all work on ourself personal inventory so we have that pure heart so that the Lord we can hear and discern you Lord in the days in the visions in the personalities in the messages you have for us from other people from the counsel we get and need and also from ourselves to give out that's what we're doing so let's say God bless you he wants you to improve he wants me to improve he wants his body to improve and be the best without being perfectionist the best they've ever been for the last days Amos 3 7 start thinking on that it says God does nothing even in the New Testament days God does nothing unless he first tells his prophets his servants now see this is a bit a big teaching yeah everybody says oh yeah I want to be the prophet I want him to tell me yeah you do but he qualifies it pre-qualifies it he says his servants his servants sit at his feet 
take time out for first love. His servants want to be humble, joyful, teachable, pure in heart. He first tells his prophets who are his servants. His servants, not his slaves, not his vagabonds, but his humble servants, whether you're famous or not. That's all. It's about the Lord. This is Tavo DRC signing off for now. If you have any questions, if you have any answers, just let me know. Write me at dfwleader at gmail.com. This is Tavo DRC signing off for now. God bless.